Hello, 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 hello. Hello. This is Miss Kapow, and today's date is August 13th, 2018. And we are going to continue with the letters of Sean. Sean the Apostle. This is a man, this is a man who walked, talked, ate, saw the suffering, saw the glory, saw the transfiguration, saw the miracles, on and on of God. When God was made flesh on this earth around 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. He's an eyewitness to everything Christ did from the beginning. That's why he's an apostle. He's an eyewitness. That's why he's one of the 12 apostles. Mm -hmm. The criteria was to be an eyewitness from the beginning of Christ did. Everything Christ did. So when he wrote these three letters, and they are letters, they're letters to church bodies, ecclesias, they're called out ones, assemblies, you should say, mm-hmm. to these Christian assemblies. And when he wrote these letters, he does say some things that we need to take heed of because, well, like I said, he's got some credibility. And he uh, also wrote the Gospel of John, which um, we'll probably do next because it's a different gospel than the other ones, than the other synoptic gospels. It's just... There's a spirit behind John's writing that's just different. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, this is the same John who saw uh, the coming, um, saw the day of the Lord while he was on the Isles of Patmos. You notice I didn't say the the Lord's Day because these people go, he was on Sunday on the Lord's Day. Uh. Really? Really? (laughs) Oh, the book of Revelation is about Sunday? Really? No, it's about the day of the Lord, the end of time. Mm-hmm. He's, his vision was he was he was in a he was a, saw a vision on the day of the Lord at the at the end. That's what that the revelation's about. So um, so he sees this and he he gets it dictated directly from Jesus Christ, the Messiah's angel, his messenger. Pretty heavy stuff. That's why nobody understands it, including myself. Totally. We see through a glass darkly a lot on that. So he's a heavy guy. So anyway, this is the third epistle. It's very short. And uh, Ms. Capel's going to read it in the King James Version. And then we're going to break it down. But when I read it and break it down, I'm going to use the NASB Bible. Because the NASB uses some older manuscripts than the King James did. And like it or not, it sheds light on some of the things that uh, are said. That it, it's, you know what? It's just written better and it makes more sense. So there you have it. So I'll be reading out of the NASB. She'll be reading out of the King James. And uh, we're going to break it down and uh, glean out of this what is to be gleaned. And I think we're going to entitle this, You Walk in the Truth, Miss Capel. I like it. You walk in the truth. I like it. Right? Okay. 3 John, verse 1. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. 
For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thy walked, even as thy walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephus, who loved, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of the truth itself, yea, and we also bear record, and ye also that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, but I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee, greet the friends by name. Nice and short, but there is some good... um, Some really good nuggets in there. There's some good juice in that juicer, right? So let's go to verse 1 here. And uh, like I said, we're going to entitle this, You Walk in the Truth. Uh, Because it'd be kind of cool if, uh, you know, the Apostle John, who actually, you know, walked with Christ, walked into your house, walked into my house, walked into this Kapow radio studio we have, right? Mm -hmm. And said, hey, you know, um, you're beloved because you walk in the truth. You know, that that the Apostle John would recognize that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a nice little litmus test. You know, it's kind of like take heed. Right. You know, would would my life be recommended mm-hmm. to that level? You know. So once again, I'm going to read out of the NASB. Uh, the first verse, the elder. Now it's referring to John himself because he's an elder. He's been around a long time. He's uh, an apostle, one of the twelve been around a long time he he lived uh, tradition says he lived uh probably to around 98 a.d you remember jerusalem and the temple was destroyed in 70 a.d so maybe 20 to 30 years after that destruction so he's seen quite a bit quite a bit of changes quite a bit of things here the elder to the beloved i don't want to say gaius i don't like saying the word gay so i'm gonna call him um ah gaius gaius I'm going to use the long A. Is that proper English, Ms. Capel? Short A. Ga. Short A. Gaius. Okay. Because I don't like to say Gaius because it sounds gay. Yes, dear. Gaius, whom I love in truth, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. And see, that wording is so great because even it's even found in Zechariah 8, 19. It says, therefore, love the truth and peace. And then we know that First John 3.18 and 2 John 1 says uh, to love in deed and in truth and 
Yeah. And that um, John said, um, whom I love in truth. And Ephesians also tells us to speak the truth in love. Wow. The Ephesians one is just a rewording of the same thing. Mm Kind of neat. Yeah. So he's saying to the beloved, which, you know, that's our word um, that we get agapo, you know, agape from. That kind of love, agapitos, beloved, means very dear. So uh, Gaius was very dear to John. And he says, whom I love, whom I agapeo, whom I love in truth, in truth, most certainly the truth. So who was Gaius? Well, the Easton Bible Dictionary says that, um, well, one, he could have been any of these people or all of them. I don't know. Uh, there's a, a a man of the same name, a Macedonian, who was Paul's fellow traveler and his host at Corinth hmm. when he wrote, uh, when they, they assume he wrote the epistle to the Romans. I, I love reading this stuff because it's always like a fact to them. And of course, we really don't know anything for sure, do we? Uh, but anyway, he was a host to Paul. They, they say he was... Um, he was with his household, uh, and oh, he and his household were baptized by Paul. Now we have some substantiation from that in First Corinthians one fourteen, where Paul wrote, "I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius." Mm. So it could be the same guy. Uh, during a heathen outbreak against Paul at Ephesus, uh, and you remember John is in his latter years was um, almost like Bishop of Ephesus, you know, the church of Ephesus and those other churches in Asia minor, the ones that are mentioned in revelation. It's kind of like ahead of, ahead of all that stuff. So it could, could very well be the same guy. So during this heathen outbreak against Paul at Ephesus, the mob seized, seized him and another man named uh, Aristarchus. Because they couldn't find Paul. Do you remember that in Acts? Yes, in Acts 24. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then they uh, they rushed with them into the theater. And uh, so some people think that's the same guy, right? Mm-hmm. And even in Corinthians, it shows that Paul, the Apostle Paul, actually baptized. That was one of the guys that he baptized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it could be the same guy. Um a man of Derby who accompanied Paul into Asia on his last journey to Jerusalem could be a Christian of Asia Minor to whom John addressed his third epistle to. So uh, it could be the same guy. So anyway, if it is the same guy, and it probably is, uh, it kind of sheds some light that he was a good Christian and he was, uh, you know, walking in truth, right? Mm-hmm. And he was hanging out with Paul and helping out and doing everything he could. This, uh, this man. And I believe his name means... Um, what does his name mean? Let's see. It's a. Uh, it's probably from Latin origin. They say, even though you know, it doesn't say what it means. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it, say that. it doesn't say what it means. Well, at least not in the NASB. I don't know about the the King James. Let's see if I can find the King James. Um, yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Doesn't really say. Interesting. Interesting. Here we go. It means Lord. Lord? Yep. That's it. L-O-R-D. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Verse two, beloved, John writes to him, I pray that in all respects you may prosper. 
and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And you can see the difference between that and a KJV, right, Ms. Capel? Mm-hmm. NASB kind of flushes it out better. Yeah. I think the K, the KJV kind of says, above all else, I wish, you know. Yes, above all things. Above all things. Um, but this is that in all respects that you may prosper. And he's talking about being, you know, having success. It's not prosperity gospel. You know that. It's about, you know, being you know, having uh, succeeding in your journeys, mm-hmm. prospering, you know, being okay and being of good health. Mm-hmm. Um, the word a lot of times is translated sound, safe mm-hmm. and sound or being well, mm-hmm. be healthy, you know. Well, um, that's because if you're following the truth and all these things will be, you know, because it goes back to Psalm 1-1, remember that we did that teaching on? Mm-hmm. And then also in Proverbs twelve eighteen says the tongue... The tongue of the wise is health or is medicine. Mm. So if you're, you know, walking in love, this is a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. And so John's saying, I love you. And I, above all, you know, I, um, I'm hope, you know, I'm wishing you good health and prosperity in that. And, and this goes right with what you're saying, Ms. Kapal, because the next line is just as your soul prospers. Say, mm-hmm. And if his soul wasn't prospering in Christ, you know, in God through Christ, you probably couldn't wish him well. Mm-mm. Amen. Amen. I think we got that. Now, in verse three, John says, for I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in truth. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's what I was talking about when we first opened up. Can you imagine the Apostle John, you know, well, even more the Messiah, Jesus Christ. I mean, because we're going to be held accountable at the last day. That's why Paul and all these guys always write so that we're not ashamed at the last day. Right. That we have boldness and confidence when Christ returns that we've, we've lived our life walking in truth. Mm-hmm. That's how we have the boldness and confidence. That's vital. So taking it a notch down, let's just say the apostle John, you know, still was walking on the earth and walked in. Would he, would he come into my house and say that? Would he, would he say, Hey Paul, I was, I was really glad that I, that I heard about your testimony and how you're walking in the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you 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 really you really hope that's so, right? You know exactly. So uh, I think the King James says walking in the truth, and I like that. Yeah, you know the truth, and this is in truth, but it's not just truth; it's the truth. There's only one truth. Yeah, only the King one James truth. says walketh in the truth. Walketh in the truth, or walkest in the truth. Yeah. So and I like the the in there. I like that article is that correct english mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. article mm-hmm. so anyway john's very glad about that that these people have testified that how you're walking the truth and in verse four he says i have no greater joy than that i mean nothing else makes john happier not even a cheeseburger mm. not even a cheeseburger not even pancakes mr Uh-oh. yeah Pancakes don't even make him happier, give him more joy than to hear of, he says, my children walking in the truth. 
So that that when he says my children, it it's it almost it's like he uh, he got saved. He came to faith through the teaching of John, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Call them my children. Yeah, and you know it it demonstrates what charity is or what love is in First yeah. Corinthians thirteen six, where it says charity rejoices in the truth. Wow. Ain't that something? That's a beautiful tie-in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That love, charity, agape, rejoices in the truth. And then he's saying, I have no greater joy than to hear this, that you're walking in the truth. That's right. Wow. Well, even with all of us, you know, when when people are demonstrating the love of Christ or walking in the spirit, and you can sense it, you know, you can sense a fellow believer, yeah. right? It warms your heart. It feels really good to be among God's people or yeah. hearing from God's people. That's why I like getting emails from, you know, my prayer group and whatnot. It just feels good as opposed to when you're with a non-believer or somebody that's not really, that's not demonstrate that should be demonstrating the love of Christ, but isn't. Yeah. It grieves your, your spirit. Yeah. That At least it does right. mine. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, you know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And a lot of times too, I mean, you could be on YouTube and you know, I'll see some young teacher or something like that. And he's not necessarily a Bible scholar, but God has given him some wisdom in a certain area. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell Ms. Capel this all the time. I go, look at that. Look at that. God has given him, every, everybody has a little gift. Everybody has a niche. And this guy's niche is here, you know? Mm-hmm. And no, he's not a scholar. No, he's not, you know, quoting scripture from Batum and everything. But his general uh, doctrine is biblical and he's pointing out certain things. He's, he's um, normally they're exposing the evil and the error is what they're doing. Um, And it's like, and it does, it does, it does your heart good. It gives you joy. Mm -hmm. I was like, good for him. You know, good. Look at this guy's walking in the truth and and then putting it out. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's a really kind of a, it's a beautiful thing. And this is what John is saying to uh, Gaius. I just want to keep saying Gaius, but Gaius. So hard for me. So hard You'll for me, it. Chappelle. Like after the, the show. You know, you know life <laughs> you is practiced. T- I know. You know, life is tough, but it's tougher when you're stupid. No, you're not stupid. It's tougher when you're stupid. You're just silly. <laughs> <laughs> Verse five, Mr. Chappelle. Verse five. Mm-hmm. John continues, he said, Beloved, my God, Ias, my beloved, I love you. You are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren and especially when they are strangers. That clarifies something that the KJV doesn't quite clarify. Read that in the K- KJV, if you will. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever that thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. It, it, and that sounds like this man is doing something, right, faithfully. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it to brethren, but he's also doing the same thing to people he don't know. Right. Strangers. You know, mm-hmm. oh, there's there's a guy, there's a homeless guy walking down the street. I'm going to do this. And that's not what this is. The oldest manuscripts have this kind of language like the NESB does. It's the brethren are the strangers to this guy. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't know who they are. More than likely, then this is just my surmising here, more than likely, uh, Gaius is a Gentile because that's not a Hebrew name, mm-hmm. right? It's it's of Latin origin, uh, maybe Greek, I don't know, but they say of Latin origin. But um, he's more likely a Gentile who is receiving and accepting and assisting the Jewish missionaries of the spread of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so to, to him as a Gentile, they're strangers. He doesn't know who they are, mm-hmm. but he's assisting them with their missionary journey. That's, that's what I'm taking out of this. Okay. You know, that's what I'm taking out of this. Um, and a lot of the scholars, when they go up to the older manuscripts and text, it, it reads, it reads like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it reads to see uh, the older manuscripts. It's, it's kind of like uh, the oldest manuscripts say, "quote and that you know that is and those brethren strangers." Mm-hmm. So, whatever you accomplish for the brethren and that strangers, and that they're strangers to you. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's being commended. You don't even know these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a big deal, but but kind of. Because it's not sloppy agape where you're just like living on everybody. Exactly, being a non-Christian or you know the heathen. Yeah, because God is love. You just gotta love everybody, and you can't. You know, you gotta be tolerant, and you can't call a sodomite a sodomite, and that's wrong. You know, you gotta apologize on your Twitter account. That's not this. This is the brethren. We went over this over and over again. Who are your brethren, and who who do who do you love in your brethren? You know, and it's not just anybody and everybody walking on the street. That's sloppy agape. This is agape. This is real love of the brethren because Christ gave his life for you and them. And you're in the same boat. You're in the same family. Mm-hmm. That's what that's about. So Gaius is being uh, praised by John for acting faithfully, faithfully. The word is pistos, Right. Right. trustworthy, believing in faith, faithful. It's reliable in whatever he was accomplishing for the brethren, for the, for the brethren. And especially when they were strangers, mm-hmm. you know, didn't know who they were. Uh, verse six and they, right. The brethren that were strangers to him, they testified, they bore witness of his love. Mm-hmm. They testified to your love, John says, before the church. So these guys come out and said, man, this guy, this guy, he really took care of us. He helped us financially, spread the gospel. We didn't have to ask of the Gentile churches. He supplied our needs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Galatians 6 says, um, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the household of faith. And then uh, Colossians says, work in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Thessalonians 2 says, walk in the manner worthy of God who calls you his, into his own kingdom and glory. And this also um, kind of hankers, um, goes to Hebrews 13, where it says, um, let's see, where, let brothers love continue, let the 
let brotherly love continue and do not neglect to show hospitality hospitality to strangers. See, the, the ones you read before that, there was language in there about um, in the manner worthy. Mm-hmm. Right? There was two other scriptures that said in the manner worthy. Yeah. Colossians and Thessalonians. So in, in verse 6 here, that's what he says. And they have testified to your love before mm-hmm. the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. Mm-hmm. It's the same lingo. That's what's amazing. You know, you, you look at the Pauline letters and the Johannine letters here, the words of Christ. Taking in context, there's a common spirit behind them all. Also, the the Old Testament. There's a common spirit um, that can't be taken out of context. By the way, right? It's the it's the context of the entire scriptures because they don't conflict; they all support each other. Mm-hmm. And just like this one, <clears throat> so John is telling him, you know, you're going to do well. <clears throat> you do well. And what does that mean? I think the King James says to send them on their journey. Right. Mm-hmm. To sit them on their journey, so they're they're doing. And to me, that that makes more sense than NASB that says you do well to send them on their way, right? Because journey means they're going somewhere, mm-hmm. and they are. They were going. They were doing missionary work. That's why they were testifying of this guy's support and his goodwill and love towards them, mm-hmm. because he was doing it in a way, in a manner that was worthy of God. Ooh, wow. So we, as we walk, what we're taking away from this now, right? As we walk in truth, like Gaius did, we need to act faithfully in a manner that would be worthy of God himself. That's pretty, that's pretty heavy. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto thee. Yeah. Yeah. Let it be pleasing unto thee. Let my life be lived in a manner worthy of God. And God, the Holy Spirit in you, folks, will constantly um, work with you and prod you uh, to, to, to do those things and live in a way that, in a manner that's worthy of God. He will. And it's not legalism. It's not something you put on yourself. And go, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, what's the Bible say about Jesus didn't say anything about, you know, drinking beer. Um, Where is that found? And blah, blah, blah. It's not that. The Holy Spirit will just prod you. And and I'll tell you like an example for myself. Um, And it's happened several times. The Holy Spirit will just tell me, he'll say, and I'm not kidding here when I say this to you. He'll just tell me, he's like, Paul, you know, you need to ramp down your eating. You know, you like you eat too much. Because it becomes like a lust, right? It becomes like an addiction for me. Mm-hmm. I get I get addicted to um, salts and fats. I don't have a sweet tooth, but I love I love cheese and fats and um, salty things and um, things that are GMO processed that have uh, addicting uh, stem cell chemistry to them, <laughs> right? And but but it's it's not the first time. It's but, but it's from the Lord. You see, it's not. It's not from myself or it's, it's like, that's a part of your life. That's a part of your flesh. Remember the triangle? You have Satan, you have the flesh, 
and you have the world, mm-hmm. right? And that part of the triangle, that part of the flesh, that's something that the Holy Spirit will tell me, Paul, you, you need to crucify that flesh there. Well, it's not good for you to, to overeat and eat that stuff and then gain that kind of weight, mm-hmm. right? And then all kinds of health issues come with that. And then you're praying, oh, Lord, you don't heal me for this or this when, you know, you're kind of doing it yourself. Um, but it's, it's, he wants you to, to walk in and live in a manner worthy of God. And part of that is crucifying the flesh. Mm-hmm. And it could be anything for me. Like I said, it was, it was like sometimes overeating or overdoing something. Other people might have other addictions in other areas. You know, mm-hmm. um, over t- maybe they watch too much TV. They put too much junk in their head. You know, um, you know, those, those kind of things. And it, it, it's like, when I say demonic, I'm not talking about demon possession, but I'm talking the demonic, um, characteristic of the flesh mm-hmm. that's in you, that flesh, that soulish nature is still demonic and it will disguise itself and pose as something natural. Yeah. It's just natural. It's natural for men to think. 750 nasty thoughts an hour because they're men and men's are pigs. So they're constantly thinking dirty thoughts. That's a lie from Satan Mm -hmm. because that's not natural. That's demonic, but they'll attach and make you think that's a natural thing. Right. You know, just like, well, you know, I'm hungry. I got snacking. I'm going to eat. You know, it's eating in that kind of abundance is not natural Mm -hmm. Uh, or anything like that. You know, too much of, of anything out of moderation, see. Right. Can I get my point? Mm-hmm. And that's a good takeaway from this. It's a good takeaway from Third John. You know, you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. So he's being commended for doing something in a manner that's worthy of God. Amen. Right? Verse 7, Miss Powell. Verse 7 says... Because that, for his name's sake, they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. And see, here, here you go. You have missionaries now that went out for the sake of the name. Whose name is that? Messiah. That's Yeshua HaMashiach. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. And they went out for the sake of the name. And guess what they did? They didn't accept anything from the Gentile churches. They they didn't take large offerings. Mm-hmm. They didn't pass out pledge cards, Miss Kapow. Yep. They didn't beg the people to get up out of their wallets and give to the house of God. Mm-hmm. Um. They also didn't, you know, uh, form a 5013C uh, tax-exempt organization so they can get out of paying taxes like like the other businesses have to. They didn't do any of these monetary things because they had people walking and living in the manner worthy of God supporting the missionary journeys. And if you see a breakdown of churches, how much actually goes to missions as it as opposed to goes to salaries and other things, it, it's appalling. Yeah. Very, well, very I'm little sorry. goes to missions. It's kind of like the story of uh, Alicia. Remember when he um, when the when Naaman, mm-hmm. the Syrian, went to him to heal him of his uh, leprosy and he was healed by dipping in the lake or the, the water. Right. Mm-hmm. River. 
and he wanted he offered Elisha some tokens of mm-hmm. his appreciation, and he said, "No, no, 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 you know, because that that wasn't the time to receive gifts yeah. from him, but that was when Elisha's um, servant uh, Gehazi, whatever, yeah. um, thought differently and went and and followed Naaman and said, oh, I'll take those things. And, you know, and they got in big trouble. And then the leprosy came to him. Yeah. Yeah. Because Alicia said that now is not the time to get things from them. Yeah. It wasn't the the proper time. God healed this guy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, his assistant went hunting him down and says, hey, my master changed his mind. Well, you know, we'll take those uh, gold, those gold shekels. Mm -hmm. Um. Nay, nay, nay. Yeah, it's it's the love, L-O-V-E, the love of money mm-hmm. is the root of all evil. You could follow that serpent money trail and, and get to the root of the evil. Mm-hmm. But it's the love of it, the love of it, the lust. And that's why Jesus says, be careful about covetousness. Mm-hmm. Be really, really, really careful because that's like the, the honey yeah. Makes your fingers sticky on everything. <laughs> yeah, and here's a, here's a little uh, here's a little prediction from your uncle Paul. It's not a prophecy. It's a, it's just a prediction that I'm saying. But you 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 mark this that you heard it here. You know, at some point, put it in the back of your head. This year, come tax time, most people um, don't realize the full impact that the new. Uh, Donald Trump administration tax reform is going to have on them. Um, most people don't pay that much attention to their taxes throughout the year and uh, things like that. Unless unless you're a business or self-employed or something like that, um, you do a little more. But most people are working for a living, just don't pay much attention. And what's going to happen at the end of this year, what you're going to find out is that your, your standard deduction got real big. So if you're a married couple, it doubled more than doubled. It went from, you know, 12,000 to now 24,000 that you get. And the reason the tax reform happened is to make, uh, well, they tell, tell you this is to make the filing easier, you know, just a, a simple 1040 deal. So if you itemize, like say you have some mortgage interest and you have some property taxes and a few things that you itemize, um, you're going to have to come up. And this is a fact, folks, because I, I am one that follows this stuff because I'm, I'm weird. I do follow tax laws and things like that. Um, but I also have Fifth Hook Media. That's why I do it. But you're going to have to come up. I'm saying with a married couple, you're going to have to come up with over $24,000 in deductions in order to have, a, have more of a benefit than the standard deduction. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Now, if you have a big mortgage and a lot of property interest and a lot of things, you could probably do that. Or, or you are self-employed with your own business, a real legitimate business that you take income and loss and things like that. That's probably not a big deal. But for a lot of people that uh, their deductions are um, simply charitable giving uh, and a few student loans and a few things like that, they're not going to have enough deductions to make it worth their while. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that this year, no one's paying attention until at the end of the year and they file because no one really knows how this is going to shake out. 
Uh, but what I'm telling you is a fact. This ain't something I'm making up or, or anything. I've, I've stay up on it. This is the way it's going to work. You're going to have to have more deductions than your standard to make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So people, when it comes 2019, God forbid everything's still here, but when it becomes 2019, people that were more apt to give to charitable organizations or like a church that would do it like, you know what? I don't mind giving them a couple hundred bucks or whatever. It's tax deductible anyway. They're not going to do it no more mm-hmm. because it's not worth it. You get nothing for it. You're just giving your money away. A rural or a wealthy philanthropist, it ain't going to matter because they got a bunch of deductions anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Hillary Foundation, the Clinton Foundation, it ain't going to matter because they're giving all this money anyway, you know, for gain. Uh, but for the average Joe, they're going, well, that didn't really help me out. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, is you can see these churches that that are acting like a business taking this kind of money, it's going to crash and burn. And if you haven't heard Freedom Friday, we talked about the churches in South Carolina that are closing. It's a trend. Mm-hmm. It's even on our Facebook page, on Fifth Hook Media, if you want to read about it. It's a good article. But this is that's my prediction, that after this year, when people are still asleep, then they're going to wake up in 2019 and go, oh. And you're going to see, and I'm not just talking churches, any charitable organization, you know, the donkey rescue, the the dog pound, all these, they're going to see a real diminishing return on charitable giving because it's no longer going to be deductible. Right. All right. So for, they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. So the missionaries in these first century here were supported, at least in this instance, from Gaius, and they didn't, they didn't have to take anything from the churches. Mm-hmm. Kind of nice, huh? Yep. You didn't have, there was no room for Satan to accuse. They didn't give any room for Satan. Verse 8. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. So you should, in the the NASB says, therefore we ought to support such men. So Mm -hmm. it makes a little more sense. So that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Therefore, John writes, we ought to support such guys, such missionary work, people that are doing the gospel, that are spreading the truth, that are, um, you know, doing the work of God, that you could be fellow workers with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Do you be fellow workers? Now, this is this is something that the shyster preachers have been using a long time. They'll say something like, you know, come and partner with us, be partners with us in this fabulous ministry. Um, but they're not really ministering. You're just being a partner in their business, mm-hmm. supporting their family. Have you noticed it's always their son-in-law who works here? Their daughter-in-law mm-hmm. is employed. Their wife is employed. It's a family business, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse nine. Here we go. John says in NASB, he says, I wrote something to the church. King James just says, I wrote Mm -hmm. to the church, but uh, oldest manuscripts add something. The Greek word something. It's a communication. So he did write a letter that we don't have. There's another, there's a lot of stuff we don't have, right? Mm -hmm. There was another letter. There was a communication that we don't have in our Bibles. John says that he wrote something to the church. But here's this guy named Diotrephes. 
Diotrephes, um, who just loves to be first among them. He just loved what is the what the King James says preeminence. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's an arrogant bastard, is what Diotrephus was. Just an arrogant pseudo exgen. And he loved to be the leader among the church. And John writes, does not accept what we say. Can you imagine Mm. the arrogance and authority you think you have to reject what the apostle John had to say? I know, right? Are you on crack? (laughs) More than likely... um, the name Diotrephes is means cherished by Zeus. Cherished by Zeus. So his name alone has a pagan name. A lot of the Christian names have a pagan name, you know, in the Greek stuff. But um, means cherished by Zeus. He loves to be first. But th- this guy's a uh, phony Christian. He's a phony brethren. And he's opposing John. He says that they don't accept what we say. Um, Some scholars believe that this guy was probably a forerunner or was following the heretic Marcion. Marcion was a guy who only uh, thought Paul, the apostle Paul, was correct. And he's a heretic. That's heresy. There's still today people who only... Uh, we'll tell you, only read the New Testament, only read the Pauline letters. Stick to Paul. <laughs> or Jesus and, only. Yeah. Well, then the opposite. They got the Jesus only people too, the red letter people. It, it's They're both wrong. They're both an error. The The scriptures are in context. You have the, the Old Testament is in context with the New Testament. All these writings are spirit breathed. It, you can't take it out of context. You're going to go into error. It's It's... Uh, it's inevitable. I got in trouble years ago because some lady had told me that I should stick just to the Pauline stuff. And I sarcastically, like a smart aleck, told her, oh, I've been following the wrong guy. I've been following this Jesus character. Oh, now you're telling me it's Paul. Oh, good. Good thing you squared me away. Uh, stupid me. I'm following this son of God guy. And she got mad and she told on me. Uh, to <laughs> to a ministry that I, I was doing like some work with, ghost writing for and stuff. And I got talked to about my, my mm-hmm. attitude. Yes. Uh, but here I am still talking smack and just doing just fine. Um, so they're still out there. The Marcionites are still out there. They believe Paul was the only good guy. And uh, so some scholars believe this Diotrephes was was um, into Marcionism or, you know, one of the forerunners of that. And because of that, he rejected the Jewish missionaries because they're Jews, mm-hmm. right? They were Jews and it didn't like the Jewish missionaries. I don't know if that's true or not, but what we do know is this guy had a problem with the apostle John. <laughs> I don't know how you can do that. No, I don't know how you can do that. And in verse 10, he says, for this reason, if I come, John says, if I do come, I'm going to kick this guy's butt. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my version. But it's written, I will call attention to his deeds. Yeah. And King James says, I will remember his deeds, which he does. Mm-hmm. Which he does. 
unjustly. Mm-hmm. So what was Diotrephes, the the lover of Zeus, Zeus's uh, son or whatever he is, what was he doing? He was unjustly accusing with wicked words. The word there is logos. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, you know, embodying an idea or a statement or a speech. Yeah. Uh, he was accusing John and the rest of the apostles, apparently, or these ministers with wicked words. And he was not satisfied with this. He himself does not receive the brethren. He doesn't want those brethren. And that's why I think many scholars think it was because they were Jews. And mm-hmm. this guy was a Gentile convert and following Paul only. Uh, he didn't receive the, the brethren either. And he forbids those who desire to do so. And what happens is then he puts them out of the church. So obviously he was in a place of leadership. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't just some some dude who was a janitor at the Enclatia, First Enclatia, uh, on First and Main Street. Yeah, he was. A, they had allowed him to get into a position of prominence and authority and power, mm-hmm. and he was a complete antichrist. You know, and and uh, Paul in Romans sixteen he says, "Mark them which causes divisions and offenses." contrary to the doctrines which ye have heard and avoid them. Mark them. Mm-hmm. Single them out. Remember who they are. And then get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Don't Wait have anything them. to do with them. That's right. Because they're antichrist. Mm-hmm. They don't have love of the brethren. This guy didn't have love of the brethren. No. Nope. He didn't want to receive the brethren. He didn't want to receive the, the missionaries. He didn't want to receive the gospel truth. This is John the Apostle. Yep. The, the, all the street cred you could get. And who's this dude who then got saved afterwards as a Gentile mm-hmm. saying, I don't want to listen to you? Yeah. Are you, are you an idiot? Well, according to the way John taught that we le- we, we've been learning is that this is the Antichrist spirit mm-hmm. and he does not have the spirit of God because yeah. he does not love the brethren. He's not even a Christian. It's not like he's a Christian that's an error. He's not even saved. He's Antichrist. Yeah. That's yeah. what I said. He doesn't have the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, what he does is he's in a position of leadership and uh, if you want to go listen to uh, the apostles... And receive these missionaries and receive, you know, get their teaching. He'll throw you out of the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you want to try it? If you guys still go to church, go up to your pastor and say, hey, I want to I want to do deliverance according to Mark 16. Cast out demons in Jesus name and stuff. Can we do a deliverance and watch him kick you out? Yeah. <laughs> I want to start exercising the uh, the the. the uh, you know, the workings of the Holy Spirit. Watch them kick you out. Um, okay, so in verse 11, John then says, because of this guy, this Diotrephes, this, uh, this Zeus lover guy, he says, beloved, do not imitate what is evil. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you just said, Ms. Kapow. The guy's antichrist, the guy's evil. Mm-hmm. John says, but... Do what is good. The one who does good is of God, right? Like Gaius does good. Mm -hmm. So he's of what? He's of God. That's right. But the one who does evil, like the Zeus lover guy, has not seen God. Mm -hmm. So 
once again, John's writings are very black and white. There's no tolerance. There's no gray area here. Yeah. And these are same words he used in First John and Second John. Yeah. And he probably got it from Psalms because Psalms 34 says, turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 37 says, turn away from evil and do good. So shall you dwell forever. You know, it's amazing because, you know, I keep emphasizing the Word of God in context. Here you are in Psalms, and it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same spirit. It does say the same thing. Wow. Mm -hmm. Don't imitate what's evil, but what is good. Who does good is of God. Who does evil is not, has not seen God. That's right. Not seen God. The Greek word there means to perceive or behold or be aware to recognize. The person does not even recognize who God is. It's a reprobate. That's right. You know, he shouldn't even be in the fellowship at all, let alone in a leadership position. Right? We have too many of these guys running around today, don't we? Mm-hmm. We have too many uh, diotrophies running around. They're all over the place. And then let's talk about this guy. Verse 12, Demetrius. There's another name here, Demetrius. And it's, um, I have here that his name means uh, goddess of agriculture. Uh, And there's several Demetriuses in the Bible. Uh, One was that silversmith in Anthems that Mm -hmm. uh, opposed Paul. Right. Yeah, a couple of those guys. Um, I doubt this is the same guy, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not the same guy. Let's see here. Demetrius uh, has received a good testimony from everyone Mm. and from the truth itself. The truth itself. Wow. And we add our testimony. And you know that our testimony is true. So he said, if if we're backing this guy up, he's a good dude. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a good dude. And then uh, he ends. He basically ends with that. So after blasted this uh, son of Zeus guy, he says Demetrius uh, is a good dude, has a good testimony. So you know we know he's he's good and true. So maybe Demetrius was opposing this other guy. You know who knows? There's a lot of details we don't have here. Mm-hmm. And then verse thirteen, he says, "I had many things to write to you, but I am not willing to write uh, to you with pen and ink." Yes. And the word for pen is quill or reed. You know, it's not Bic, but um, it's translated pen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he says, but I hope to see you shortly and we'll speak face to face. And then he ends with peace be to you. The friends, which is unique, because normally John is saying the brethren mm-hmm. greet you and this is stuff. So this is very um, rare. And it comes from philos, you know, it means beloved, dear, or friendly, philos, um, uh, like Philadelphia, city Mm -hmm. of brotherly love, right? That's right. Peace be to you, the friends greet you, the friends greet you, greet the friends by name. Mm -hmm. So there's some enemies, obviously, and there's some friends, and... um, you know, Dio, Dio Fetries or whatever his name is, definitely an enemy. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. One that we mark and have nothing to do with. Nothing to do with that clown. That clown. Is there anything else that you see here that we should cover? No, but I will. Um, I found uh, two scriptures in Thessalonians. It was kind of like a prayer-like mm-hmm. um, thing that I'd like to read. All right. Pray over everybody. It's found in First Thessalonians 5 and Second Thessalonians 2. And it says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Amen. Amen. Good one. Good ending there. Well, that's it for me. That's it for me. We'll give them a chow. Chow, babies. Signs in the sky